What's going on, good people? What's going on? It's the Soft Straight Talk Show. Here we are on a Tuesday, a day after the Kobe Memorial Day, which um, touched the hearts of a lot of people. A lot of people in attendance, a lot of people outside the Staples Center, a lot of people on the TVs, um, ESPN, uh, CNN, MBS, M- MSNBC was on the, on the telecast there. A lot of people were showing their support. A lot of big names were there. Um, a lot of wonderful things said about Kobe Bryant. And, you know, this is a memorial for him, Gianna, and the other seven people that were involved in the tragedy. Um, but it's tough, you know, when a day goes by. And, you know, that's just, that was, you know, you know, there's a real Mamba Day out there for Kobe. And it's just, it's just sad. It's just, this is another one that you have to remember. It's February 24th is that day that we had the memorial of somebody who lost their life in February. And along with eight other people, and one of them being his middle daughter who loved the game of basketball just as much as he did. So it's always just it's just sad just thinking about it. That's why I just watching highlights or watching him do speeches or whatever. It's just a moment where you just get a sadness, man, because, you know, you you think about your own mortality, you think about your family, and that's why the, the message was, you know, with the tragedy like that, man, hug your loved ones. If you ain't talked to some in a while, you know, that was the movement, that was how people was feeling. Um, Vanessa Bryant stood up very strong, said some nice words, and, you know, tried to hold it together. It was tough for that, man. It's got to be tough for that, man. It's got to be tough for that. Uh, Beyonce did an excellent job. Um, Shaq, great things to say, um, you know, being how he is. Michael Jordan. Um, Jimmy Kimmel. Um... Rob Palenka really, really tore the house down um, as far as just, just talking about Kobe, the human being. You know, him and Vanessa, you know, Vanessa being his wife, but Rob Palenka being his best friend and agent. Being around Kobe a lot and being around him a whole, whole lot. So that was just good to hear that. There are eulogies for Kobe Bryant and Gianna and everybody that's, you know, Probably high school games, college games, and as you can see in the pro games last night, people stood out once again before Kobe. And, you know, from the time of his death or um, All-Star, you know, weekend and all those things that people can sit there and say, I did that for Kobe, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just happens, man. Joey L.B. gets 49 points, beating the Hawks right after All-Star break. You know, Trey Young continues his high streak what he's been doing 50 scoring 50 points first game back um you know jason tatum has been going crazy and that's somebody that learned some things from kobe bryant um i mean you just you're going to get that type of play you know carmelo anthony's pumped up 23 32 points and uh damian lillard dealing with his injury so i mean you see a guy stepping up and they're doing it for kobe and they're doing it because they love the game of basketball the way he wanted it. They're playing it the way he wanted it to be played. Mamba mentality. But that's what we're going to be talking about today is basketball, NBA, college. A little bit there. 
Um, West Virginia got to get it together, man. Taking some L's down late, uh, late stretches of the season. Um, some other teams. I mean, college basketball this year hasn't been that inter- that exciting, should I say? Like it's been, it's been a season. You know, we have games where you know you've seen some overtime thrillers. You've seen some good, you know, games. You see, I've seen a lot of great dunks. I've seen some great highlights this year from uh, college basketball. But no big powerhouse teams. You know, what I'm saying Baylor was real good, and then Kansas come up and beat them um, in a close game. Kansas looks real good, and then they'll lose. You know, what I'm saying so. It's not really a team just standing out. In my eye, um, I still think Duke is some team to be worried about. Um, Kentucky is trying to come on strong um, the way they're playing in, in the SEC. You know, they got to beat Auburn coming up. That's a big barometer, but, you know, Florida State, you know what I'm saying? They did the Louisville, you know what I'm saying? They looking pretty good. So, I mean, you just don't know what team can be that. Because I'm not really sold on Houston. You know, they just lost. Not sold on Houston. Um, I'm not Houston. I said Houston. Um, excuse me. Baylor? I'm not sold on Baylor. And Baylor was, was, was lights out. I'm talking about lights out. They were playing basketball. In a, in a, you know what I'm saying, where I'm like, West Virginia, are they are they okay? And then, like I said, Kansas. But Kansas, are they really good? Then you got Gonzaga. Dayton with, uh, what's his name, Toppin? He's a good player. But all these teams are not perfect, you know what I'm saying? I think when you get in a tournament, they can be beaten, you know what I'm saying? You got teams with one loss, two losses, three losses. San Diego got one loss. San Diego State got one loss. But they can lose to Duke today, Kentucky today. Like, I feel that. I feel if those teams played Duke Kentucky, or a uh, even a Maryland, uh, I think they would come out maybe possibly losing that game. So the tournament is shaping up to be real nice if these teams um, go head to head. And I would love to see, you know, what I'm saying like a like a Dayton versus Kansas matchup, you know, what I'm saying or um, you know Gonzaga meet up with uh, Maryland, um, Kentucky, you know, going at it with uh, Florida State. You know what I'm saying? So that's where the excitement for me of the season kicks off is when uh, when, the, when the conference tournaments are really getting to the thick of things. You get players get a little bit more heated up, get more juiced up, and the tournament starts. And that's when I get really excited, and that's when I talk more college basketball. But um, I wanted to just say one thing about that number 20 team, that West Virginia team. I, I want to vent just a little bit because it's just Bob Huggins is a legend. Bob Huggins is known as that, and at this point, I think it's starting to be too big of a. How can I put this? It? Too big of a blind to where you're like, who? To where people are not realizing the faults or the the um, the inconsistencies that he has as a coach, and it's been going on for about five years. But it's always Huggins. He know hey, Huggins recruit or he, he's a legend. You know, Huggins had King Martin. Huggins had oh, he's such a good ball coach. Huggins, oh yeah, he's a funny guy. And Huggins is a confidence guy. But he 
takes the confidence away from his players. He's a hard coach in a time to where you really can't be that hard on players. And I'm being real. That's why you got younger coaches. You know, you got coaches that can be a little bit more of that player coach. You can be stern, but in a way to where kids can relate today. He's old-fashioned. And it messes up the morale of teams, especially through the years now. When he has a good old-fashioned defensive team like a Javon Carter team, how they were. I mean, he was the leader of that. But they got tired in games where they couldn't score points. Now you got a finesse team, a team that's, I would say, a finesse team that has, you know, what Oscar, um, I can't say his last name, Lord of Mercy, and then you got the other guy, Gabe. But you got Culver. He's more, you know, he's, he's he can hit the mid-range, he can get to the rim. They are not a team to where they're just rough and tough and beat you up physically. And you want them to be so much on defense. When they come down the court on offense, if they do something wrong, you're ready to take them out the game. I mean, or defense. And then if they miss a shot, they can't get in a rhythm. Their morale is busted. You come out good in the season. You find out that McBride is a good spark. McCabe struggling because I think it's more on the coach. Then you got this guy Sherman. Then you got this guy McNeil. You got guys that can shoot. You got guys that were scoring 30 points a game in junior college. But you can't find ways for them to score and have at least a consistent, what, 80, maybe 90-point games. You know what I'm saying? 90-point games. West Virginia is getting killed right now. And they had a better record than Kentucky at one point, but now they're starting to get hammered because they cannot score the basketball. And in late games, they're just horrible. Texas just took it to them. Baylor just took it to them. TCU. They scored 57 points against Texas. They scored 60 points in overtime against TCU. Hell, they won a game against Oklahoma State. 47 points, good defensively. But 65 points, you can't do that to a team you can't stop. Baylor, one of them. They scored 70, you scored 59. 49 points against Kansas. You can't do that and be good in thinking that, oh, we're going to do in the tournament, we're going to be something. Something's got to give, but I think it's the head ball coach. And I know a lot of people don't want to sit there and say that, but it's got to be him. And he, yes, he's a legend. Yes, he's got the clout and all that stuff like that. But this, let's look at... Uh, I'm going to go look at some Duke scores. They put up fairly decent good numbers whenever they play well. 88 points, 94 points when they win, 98 points when they win. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, that they might have struggled against uh, Boston College, put up 63, then 97 against uh, Syracuse. My point is that it's going to come a time where, like, hey, just let's throw the shots up there, man. Let's get, let's get it going. Let's limit transition. Uh, we don't have to crash the offensive glass. Teams like to run. Let's get some shots up. Let's get more possessions. You got McCabe. Let's get the ball spaced out where he can get top of the key three. Let's move the ball around. I can't watch a West Virginia game. In the beginning of the season, they look, they, they, it looked totally different than what they do now. They got to get it together. 
I'm proud of how Kentucky has been playing here as of late after their last loss that they had. Um, you know, they're 22-5. Um, I sit there and said that incorrectly to a person I was talking to. I thought they had seven losses. They got five losses. They're 22-5. And, and let's look at what they've been here in the last few games. Um, we won six straight Mississippi State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Mississippi, LSU, Florida. Like I said, Auburn, February 29th, that's the game that I can't wait. Now, Texas A&M, I'm not trying to overlook a team, but they're playing in a, in a, playing in a way better, way better way. And I guarantee how bracketology is going to be, they're going to put West Virginia right there in the same bracket as Kentucky. It's not going to be a pretty sight if they come in there playing the way they're playing. I want to see a good game. I want to see them go far in the tournament. Something's got to give, though. Honestly, man, there is there is a problem in that locker room. I mean, you got players that might not travel. You're like, oh, they're in the doghouse, and oh, such and such may not start today. We changed the lineup because in the year, oh, this it's just like, man, throw your team out there and let them play. I mean, I did college sports is that, that especially with basketball, is a coach's sport and all this stuff like that. But, man, you got teams out there that just go out there and let these kids go out there and play, man. Even Coach K has broken down and done that. There are certain games, yes, you use the clock and you use your possessions and stuff like that. But sometimes, man, you got to get up shots. And you got guys that can shoot threes. You got guys that can knock down shots, get their own shots. Come off the screen. Roast some pick and rolls. Something. In a situation where you lose in overtime, there was no Cover and Oscar throughout the whole game. Overtime comes, you put Oscar and Cover in at the same time, and nothing happened. I, I mean, I mean, you got a coach. You can't just go off of your resume. You got a coach. I'm not going to vent too long going Huggins. I don't think more people think that I'm hating on West Virginia. I'm not. Hey, I'm just, I'm worried. I'm a Kentucky fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of basketball, period. But I'm just saying, West Virginia got to get it together. Because they're going to get in the tournament and get whitewashed, man. I mean, like, they, it's whitewashed. They're they just going to they, get gone. Get wiped away. It's not gonna be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. And uh I wanna give a big shout out to Emmanuel Quickly, SEC player of the week. Like I say, he's been playing extremely well, shooting a three. You know, saying I'm happy the way Maxie's playing, but I'm really loving how Emmanuel Quickly's played ever since uh Cleo Whitney left. We've been playing like a better team. Nick Richards been stepping up, EJ Montgomery. You know, he is really getting getting to that point of, like, honing in his game. Calipari's got the morale up because you got to put confidence in your players. We weren't going to sit there and just hang our head over Evansville loss. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's just, you know, that, that loss going to kill us during Selection Sunday. But still, we're not letting it kill us because look at we look at how we're playing. But I'm going to keep it moving. Keep it moving. Like I said, it's getting to that point of March Madness. 
March Madness. I'm going to talk more and more about college basketball. And like I said, the top 10 is looking pretty good. Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, Dayton, San Diego State, Florida State, Duke, Kentucky, Maryland, and Creighton. Yes, it could change. But these are your top teams right now. And you got some to set them down the bottom. Louisville, they just got crushed. You know what I'm saying? West Virginia, Penn State, Auburn, Oregon. Texas Tech is decent. I like Ross State. Michigan State's always there. Houston, like I said. You know, if James Wiseman would have stayed playing, hey, Memphis could have been in there. Possibly. Got to feel bad for uh, Penny Hardaway, but not really. Should have came to Kentucky. Should have been an assistant coach. Could have ended up being head coach. That's how I'm going to leave it there. But you wanted to be the man. I don't knock you for that. I'm going to keep it moving. We'll move to the NBA. Talk some NBA real quick. Like I said, it's not going to be a long episode. Um, Bradley Bill, 55 points last night, 50 points the other night, and they both end up being in a low losing effort. I feel bad for the guy. Um, teams win. Players contribute to wins. He was the top contributor. I do not fault. Bradley Bill, they didn't get blown out. They lost. They lost by three. You know, when Devin Booker scored 70 points against the Celtics, they lost by 40. And I didn't give a shit about that. But I can say Bradley Bill scoring 50 points in a, in a game like that, they should have won. But nine turnovers, Bradley. Got to get that better. And a big, crucial turnover down at the end. What a way, what a way to play, though. 50, 55 points. This is crazy. Uh, Milwaukee clinches the young, the first team ever, the fastest team ever. Sorry, the fastest team ever to clinch a playoff spot in NBA history. They're clinching in Black History Month before it even gets over with. They are in the playoffs. They cannot be out of the playoffs. They can lose every game until the end of the season. They're in there. They're in there. They're clinched. Now they just got to keep winning. Make sure they, you know, just stay in form and. And, you know, keep getting Middleton more confidence. Chris Middleton needs his confidence in the playoffs and what he does in the regular season. Sometimes might not translate into the postseason and where he just has spotty games. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm going to talk Lakers-Celtics Sunday. Man, that was such a great game to watch. It really was that Sunday selection, you know, postseason atmosphere. After the All-Star break, teams are really trying to hunker down and get wins. Um, Celtics have been on fire. Tatum's been on fire. Gordon Hayward's been on fire. Marcus Smart's been on fire. Campbell Walker's been on fire. They've been finding ways to just get buckets, man. They had a game where they had four guys with 25-plus points, and they win a win. And those are the guys I named. So the way they're playing right now, Jalen Brown is balling. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they looking real scary. And L.A. comes in there, best record in the West, um, defensively standing out, uh, shot blockers galore and all that. And look what you get. You get a playoff-type game. It goes down to the wire. And the Lakers pull it out. Um, you know, people want to talk about uh, LeBron Layton games. You know, yes, he missed free throws or yeah, he might be passive or all that stuff like that. But we're going to find a way to win because it's a team way to win. And if he does pass, he's passing to Anthony Davis. He's passing the guys that can get it done. 
And, you know, that, that, that jump shot he hit the, in the game just shows that he can hit clutch shots too. Um, Jason Tatum in the third quarter was just going nuts. I mean, he hit 30 points with like eight minutes left. He was sitting there just, just, just doing whatever he wanted to do. Gordon Hayward came out there good in the first half, um, kind of slowed down the second half a little bit. I think if a lot of those guys in the second half would have been something because Marcus Smart was kind of banged up a little bit, and he kind of took a, a, a step back where it was just Tatum that was going full on and they didn't have Kimba Walker, it, it, it changed the game. And it got Lakers comf- comfortable. Anthony Davis started hitting a few threes. He started getting, you know, the pick and roll started working. Him with Rondo and or with LeBron James. But KCP stood out to me in the third quarter, fourth quarter, to where he could get transitioned from de- defense with the steal, um, with the dunk, and just being able to hustle, being open to hit shots. That was big. Cal Kuzma stepping up on Jason Tatum whenever he got going and he started to really going. He put Cal Kuzma in, started guarding him, and things changed. And then he started getting to the – he got to the line one play, and then he got a little bucket. So that was really good. Um, LeBron James is just playing out of his world at 35 years old. You didn't think that he could, and he's just, just doing amazing things But if you look at his numbers. The Clippers. Um, Clippers has lost three in a row. They won last night to beat the um, who was it? They who was it? They beat they 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 handily beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Now the Memphis Grizzlies now they 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 got a lot of spunk. They lost Jaron Jackson for I think like a few weeks or so, and they went out there and just got pulverized. I mean Paul George makes a comeback. He's been missing games. I think he's up to like twenty four missed games so far. Um. He traveled in a big way. On a, on a breakaway dunk, by the way. These refs got to start seeing that stuff. But uh, he came back. Marcus Morris, he's he's playing. He's, he's getting, what, minutes? So he had 13 points quiet, 25 and 8. Um, Paul George had 7, 4 and 4, and 21 minutes getting himself together. He went 3 at 11. So he was not ready to come right in there and start playing basketball. 22 minutes. Reggie Jackson only got 5 points, went to a 6. These guys are ISO players. Lou Williams, eight points, three of seven. ISO players. So if you're not on, you're not on. You know, it had to be Kawhi. And Marcus Morris helped out. And then you got defense. And that was the big thing to help them win this game was defense. And Harold, you know, he's averaging 18 points in the season. He got 22 points, 9, 11, 81% from the field. Defense. That's what it comes down to. And playing the Memphis Grizzlies. The thing with the, the, the Clippers are, can they keep that tradition alive when the postseason comes that they got enough guys that can just get buckets when they want as far as the ISO style? or I just think when you got too many players, it kind of messes up the team flow, and you might get a little bit of uh, bad chemistry from that. Um, when you got guys that are like, hey, okay, I can get a shot here, whatever, but you got Reggie Jackson, you got people like Lou Williams, you got guys that are volume shooters. They got two really outstanding players in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Harold's got to get his shots. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just things the way they got it. It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting. They just got too many players. They're adding players. They're getting guys on buyouts and everything. We only got, as a Lakers fan, I'm saying, we want to play on the buyout, which is Marquise Morris. But Clippers are adding, adding. You don't see Portland out there doing that. And they need 
something. You know, they need something else in case one of those guys go down. But they need a defender. They need somebody to really shut somebody down. Getting Ariza, I think his defensive days are done, honestly. I him shutting down people, I think those days are done, honestly. Um, the Nuggets, I want to talk about them real quick. The Nuggets, the Nuggets is always up there. They're second in the West. They are just there. They've been there the past three years. They've been either fourth or fifth, you know what I'm saying, just being around that way. They've not been seventh or eighth in a long time. They've been up in the business as far as in the playoffs um, with how they built the teams. Kind of like the Atlanta Hawks back in the days when they just had all these players that could just do certain things that helps the team get buckets in the regular season. When it comes to the postseason, who can you give it to? Who can get you buckets? Now, you got Jokic as a post guy. They double-team him. He kicks it out. The shooters, shooters got to be able to knock down the shots. But who can break down an ISO play like I was talking about the Clippers because they have so many, they don't have one. Michael Porter can be that guy, but he's young. He's on minutes restriction. He don't play every game. They want to make sure he's okay before they really start pushing him. So, Gary Harris, is can he step up and be that guy? Can, uh, what's his name, Morris, can he do that? Uh, what about, um, and they traded uh, Malik Newman, up to, I believe. But, like, who can be that guy? You know what I'm saying? Who can be the guy that's going to say, you know what, I'm going to get this point. I'm going to, Torrey Craig is his name. I'm going to get these points. Move out my way. Let me go get it. You know, who's going to be that guy for them? Because they got great guys that could just rebound or be athletic. Jeremy Grant, Will Barton. Um, 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 excuse me. Um, Monte Morris was the guy I was thinking about. But uh, Mason Plumlee can, can, can hustle and get plays. Like, uh, you know, Paul Millsap's long in the two, but he's, he's finesse. You know, so he's got his ways. Got Jokic. Jamal Murray, outstanding point guard. Can he be the guy? Can just, you know, give him the ball, move out the way, let him get a bucket? He has to show it this season. He has to show this postseason differently in that, like, in the series against Portland where he came up short on some plays. You know what I'm saying? Got the ball taken from him. He, you know, he missed some, 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 he missed the open look. Those are things that he cannot do this time. Y'all are second in the West. Y'all are competing for first in the West. Y'all trying to stay second to make sure the Clippers don't take it. Y'all in the mix. So y'all can't have this doubt that people may give y'all off the bat. Y'all second in the West. And I think that comes from not having a guy that you can just give the ball to and move out the way. Lakers got LeBron. You know, you can give it to AD. Clippers got Kawhi, PG. Portland's got got, uh, Lillard, McCullum, Melo. You know, Rockets got Harden, Westbrook. Teams got those players that you can, you know, even, I would, you know, Raptors got Siakam. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, they do they got a guy. They can give it to other than Jokic and get something popping because they need that. I like Denver. And uh, they beat the Timberwolves 128-116. On Sunday, and you know, saying they can, they can, they just play really good with style of basketball. Mike Malone is a good coach; he's doing a wonderful job. Got to see them, because um, like last season, they had just, you know, I think they were third in the West. I want to say, I think it was the second or third, and then they went no, they was fourth. They went seven games with the Spurs. Spurs were horrible. Went seven games with them, seven. They went seven games with Portland. They should have beat Portland. 
my pee, but they had a guy that can just go off and get 50 real quick or just go off and get a clip of 13 points all real, just real fast. You know, Dame Lillard, just <laughs> CJ McCullough. They don't have that. Gary Harris can't do that. He needs to learn it or get that gumption, that confidence to do it. See how it goes. Um, the Thunder. Chris Paul, man, look at him, 35 and 22, 6 in the West. They're right there with Dallas and Utah, right in the right is sandwiched right in between there. They're moving up, ready to pass the Houston Rockets where he used to play. Chris Paul has came into this young team and injected into them something I knew he could do. Now, if this team would have been a dumpster fire, still have Raymond Felton and, and, and Roberson and players like that that lingered around, they actually did smart things, getting um, – Gillius, Alexander, keeping Ferguson, got these young bloods that can run. And then you got Chris Paul with Steven Adams, who is still young and, and, and it can be, you know, saying a good piece who can rebound and, and do things that he can do. Gallinari, you know, they they are not no plaything. They're not no thing where you like, oh, man, you just beat up on the on the Thunder. They got a chance. They got a fighting chance. And they got young players on the team. They can do the bidding of what Chris Paul likes to do as him being a floor general. And Shy Gary's Alexander is shining for that. And that's cool. Yeah, they still got Roberson, but it's the not keeping all these guys. They, they, they stayed young is what I'm saying. They stayed young. you got to stay young in a situation, and that is the key thing and why they're so good. Dennis Schroeder is good off the bench. So, I mean, like, that's just good stuff right there. I like I like how the Thunder are playing basketball, and uh, Chris Paul is really taking them places. The Jazz are starting to pick back up. Gobert this season, Gobert is playing tough. Give Gobert credit. He's playing tough. He's playing how he's supposed to play in the playoffs. If they get him going as far as shutting things down, and then Donovan Mitchell don't have the yips, uh, playoff yips again, then hey. Because he had some yips. He was playing not so great. So they got hopes. Rockets. Small ball Rockets. What can they do? Westbrook and Harden playing a little bit better together. Now with Harden not, you know, shooting terribly, terribly. Not shooting great. But uh, coming into the playoffs, maybe it can change. Maybe he start, you know, shooting crazy. I don't know. But they're uh, first in three-point field goal uh, uh, shots per game. They shoot 15 threes per game. They shoot 35%, which is 19th in the league. They shoot 45% from the field, which is 22nd in the league. They got to get it together come playoff time. If you're going to take 15 threes per game, you need to be shooting a little bit better than that from the field, man. Like, you need to start getting some points in the bucket, like, ASAP, 40 There's 32 teams in the league. They're 22nd. They're one of the top teams in the West. They get out of their first round. And if they get out of their first round, that's going to show. Turnovers. Talk about it. They're 11th. They're 13.9 turnovers a game. They're 11th. They're almost top 10. Trouble. 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 29th in assist. Um, But they're 7th in steals. So they can play defense um, on, on on that front. And they are, what? 15th and rebounds. A lot of that's with Capella. He's gone. I think that 
change significantly as the season goes on. You better pray for those Rockets. Rocket fans, you better pray. I don't know about y'all postseason hopes, but Rockets uniforms looking cool. And uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are, are hilarious together. Um, but they're cool. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they're going to like argue and fight and do all that stuff. Like I think they're honestly cool with each other. They both came up from Cali. They got together, did the GQ magazine thing. That was all good. That was cool. Dallas and Memphis are settling down at the bottom. Who can make that run? I think Dallas is going to go ahead and get that. And I think Portland may go ahead and pass on Memphis up. They better hope. Because here comes the Pelicans. They're 25. This is an interesting 7, 8, 9, 10 scenario because I don't have hopes for the Spurs, Suns, and Kings. Pelicans can go on a run. Blazers, the Blazers can go on a run and pass up Grizzlies and Dallas. If Dallas makes a drastic change. But Dallas is, I think they're pretty much settled. They could be either six. They can go up to five. They can finish the season. You know what I'm saying? Pretty darn good, however they play. But the Pelicans better turn it on now if they want to try to keep J.J. Reddick's playoff streak going and just make it look interesting to be an AFC Lakers-Pelicans first round. I don't even want to talk about that. I'm just saying, that'd be dope. That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. Um, the D-Lo and Cat, that's going to work next season. They're going to have a, They should... Be able to work that out next season. That was, you know, a trade that was just going to happen. And Timbles suck. Next season, we'll see what happens. Kings, Bagley needs to step up. I need to hear more from Bagley. If Vladdy Divac is going to say that he was a better pick than Luka Doncic, I need to see that ASAP rock. Suns, I got hope for y'all. I don't got hope for the Spurs. To the next three seasons, honestly. But Pelicans, Trailblazers, and Grizzlies, this is going to be a fun little three-team battle to the playoffs to see how that's going to end up being. Can the Pelicans get into that? Can they? Interesting. They got to, they beat the, they beat the Blazers. They're trying to win games. Zion is taking them, snatching the ball. People say, I'm talking about just snatching this guy, doing the ball. He's crazy. Raptors, second best team in the East. We know who the first team is, I mentioned them. Um, they are still playing with that championship medal. They don't got Kawhi, but they got leaders. And Pascal Siakam is an all-star. And he he was getting the ball at the end of the game, an all-star game. So, I mean, like, that means something. Van Fleet, still a great player, playing off that playoff run he was doing. Uh, Lowry, you know how he is. But I think OG Anunoboy, I hate saying his name. OG Anobi is playing real good basketball. He's stepping up. Um. Can they be something in the playoffs? I doubt it. My heart of hearts is saying that they're going to be there and they're going to make games interesting, close. They're going to have some some game six scenarios, stuff like that. But I really do think if anybody's going to come out the East, be Boston and Milwaukee. You want to try to pump up Philly, Miami. I don't see that. Um, but Boston and Milwaukee are the two teams I think that are scarier than the rest. A sleeper team, if you want to so well. I mean, Pacers and Philly and Miami, those are your sleepers. They are just not a sleeper for me to sit there and say that they can just win the East. They might be sleepers to sit there and say 
they've been entertaining enough to been watching playoff games. And you know they're not going to turn the channel and they're getting beat by 30. They're going to be down five, keeping the game close. You know, might win a game or two here and there and make a series look interesting. I think a lot of teams are going to be pushed in the East. And that's what's going to be great about LeBron being in the West because everybody, I'm not watching that. Uh, the East will be great playoff basketball to watch, I think. I really do believe that that the East is going to see some good things from um, playoff ratings and uh, people watching those games. Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie's out for the season. He's shutting it down. Kevin Durant was on uh, all the smoke with uh, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. He seems optimistic for next season. He's getting shots up. He's working on things. He's working on basketball movements and stuff like that. Um, he's he's you know he's he's ready. He's 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 not ready to play, but he's ready. His mindset's ready. The reason why he went to Brooklyn it seems very legit and very honest, genuine. He just loved the uniforms. He loved the movement. He loved the culture. He loved New York. He said he likes New York. He likes the busyness, people doing things and stuff like that. So that's all good. Kyrie, on the other hand, how they gonna work out together? He says, hey. People don't know that he's really a cool dude. They're just these narratives they run with that. I think Boston did that. Uh, I think they overdid his exit. It made him be this person, whatever. I still believe there's some head case in him, but it's subtle and it's quiet. I don't think it's detrimental to teams. I do think that he, you can look at him as an oddball, but I don't think he's detrimental to the team. They wouldn't have won a championship with him. He wouldn't hit the game with a shot. He wouldn't have been that person to. You know what I'm saying? To do those things. Like our test. You know, our test was a little bit worse, but our test had an understanding on the court. Damn it, let's play basketball. And I'm going to get things done. And I might do something radical or something like that. That was my youth. And I do think that Kyrie is a person that he's not going to do nothing stupid like that, but I'm saying his words, his demeanor. If he comes to that arena with Kevin Durant and they got a mission to try to win a championship, they could actually do it. Seven-foot Durant with a Kyrie Irving assassin with a rim protector like DeAndre Jordan. Karis LeVert and guys like that. I know they might not keep Spencer Dinwiddie, but they can be some problems here in the next couple seasons. Before I exit, I'm going to say a couple of NFL things, and I'm going to be out. It was some things that I just quick want to get out of, get off my chest. And that is, one, the Cowboys do not bring Tom Brady to that team. And do that to Dak Prescott. Do not franchise tag Dak Prescott. That'd be horrible. Sign that man, man. Jared Goff got signed. He got paid his money. Andy Dalton got paid and got his money. Ryan Tannehill got paid and got his money. At least you can do is give it to Dak Prescott. Don't be Snyder and franchise tag this man two times like like he did Kirk Cousins. Sign him or let him go. Because he will get that money somewhere else. I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there like, what, Dak is out there? Just go and grab him real quick. What happened? Stephen Austin. I said Stephen Austin. Stephen Jones even said that he was surprised that Dak Prescott does not get, has not got a full-time, I mean, a full uh, extended contract. So something needs to give here. But Tom Brady coming there, now I'm hearing the Buccaneers. They're top suitors now after hearing the Raiders will give 60 in two years. Who knows what's going to happen. 
But do not let Tom Brady go to the Cowboys thinking that offensive line is going to save him and all that stuff like that. He's going to get killed. Dak Prescott was getting rushed every other play. That offensive line is not great where everybody seems to think. Um, another note, Cam Newton looking like he could be staying with the Panthers, but this could be a move to try to get a better trade going, saying that he's intent to come back top form. They've seen him work out. You know, the, the head coach is sitting there saying, like, man, I got to stick with him. I think that would make teams want to ask for them, for ask for Cam Newton services a little bit more and put a little bit more on the, on, on the, on the trade offer. Just a little bit more extra sizzle. I think they're trying to do there. That's just me. This is my opinion. I still believe that Cam Newton may be in another uniform, but could be wrong. They could be really saying, hey, you know what? It'd be stupid to let you go, especially with Christian McCaffrey and the things we got on offense that we can use you for. And you've already been here, been to the Super Bowl, and won MVP. I mean, just I just think it'd be dumb just to let him go just because you've seen Kyle Allen do that. I mean, he's not going to be able to do that again. He's not. That's my other point I wanted to get off my chest. And lastly, Joe Burrow gets the whole small hands treatment. Johnny Manziel had big hands. Where's he at? Drew Brees, small hands. Super Bowl champ. Pat Mahomes, small hands. Super Bowl champ. Get my point. Don't talk about the man's small hands just because he got measured with small hands. But like, oh, see, he's got small hands. He's Joe Burrow. He's a national champion. He had the best season I could possibly see as a college quarterback. Why in the hell would we try to make this be a big deal? Drew Brees, Super Bowl champion. Now, Russell Wilson, he had big hands. Shorter guy, big hands. Uh, but there's guys out there that have small hands that won championships. His name, too. Rob the Bat. Don't let that worry you, Joe Bro. And it ain't because he's a person that's very nonchalant, very dry humor. But he's 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 an asshole. He makes a tweet and says, "Unfortunately, I'm going to have to retire because they said my hands are small." He's <laughs> just a funny guy. I like Joe Bro, and I hate that the Cincinnati Bengals suck so much that they'll be able to get him first pick because I don't want him going there. But it is what it is, and that is the rest of my NFL news. I don't want nothing else to talk about. Chase Young is not going to do any drills at the Combine. The Combine is going on, so go check it out. But this is the Soft Straight Talk Show. Y'all take it easy. Have a good one. Like I said, March Madness is coming, and I will talk more about college basketball. But y'all have a good day.